Welcome to the Living a Nordic Life podcast, where we explore a simpler, cozier and more intentional life the Nordic way. I'm Fiona McKinna, your Nordic Living Guide and founder of Living a Nordic Life, where I share all things Nordic living and show you that a Nordic life is the way to bring intentional calm and healthy habits into your own life, wherever you are in the world. Are you looking for ways to bring simplicity, coziness and calm into your life? Well, let me show you how. Visit the Living a Nordic Life website to explore how I can help you on your journey to simple, healthy and happy calm, the Nordic way. You can subscribe to the podcast right here. And if you want regular inspirational emails sent with love from Norway and straight to your inbox, don't forget to subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters. And so now let's dive into our episode. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast, How Having Two Chronic Incurable Diseases Has Made Me Healthier. It's a bit of a crazy statement, isn't it? It's probably one of the craziest things I've ever said. And before I even start this podcast, I want you to know that it is in no way a pity podcast. I don't need any sympathy and this is not for me to garner pity from anybody. I'm telling you about this because I want to tell you about my journey and I'm hoping that it'll inspire some people. Maybe it'll inspire you. But if it only inspires one person, then I know it's worth it. So let me tell you a little bit about it. Before we moved as a family to Norway from the UK, we were living between the UK and Norway. And it was difficult, I have to say. I had the children most of the time in England and Andre was in Norway working. I was working as well, but I was self-employed, so it was a little bit easier. And the kids were at school in England. But after a particularly hectic weekend back in, I think it was 2014, February 2014, the following morning, I was on the Monday morning, I was suddenly struck with the most incredible vertigo. I've had vertigo before, but nothing like this. And it prevented me entirely from even standing up. I couldn't even get out of bed, let alone walk about across the room, a room that I knew. But after a flurry of medical investigations and a nauseating 10 days waiting to see if I had a brain tumour, I'd had an MRI, and they were my doctor, my family doctor, and my specialist in ears, both were convinced it was a brain tumour. But I had to wait for the results and it was horrible. But after I'd waited for the results, it turned out that I didn't have a brain tumour at all. I had a rare progressive disease of the inner ear called Meniere's disease. And because it's rare, there's not much research being done into it. It's about one in every 2,000 people has it, so it's not very common. And there's not very much research done into it. And so, you know, it's not kind of put at the top of the list of things that need to be looked at. You know, there's no cure. And I was quickly put on anti-vertigo drugs and they were amazing. After a couple of days, I felt normal again and it seemed to be manageable and at least for the time being. But with no cure and very little in the way of intervention that wasn't completely gruesome, I have to say, if they want to test to see which ear it is, they spin you around in what's called a vertigo chair to see which ear it is that's affected. And then they blast some cold water into that ear to see if that has an effect as well. Then if it is that ear, <laughs> that's even not the worst bit, 
you get um, either a strong antibiotic in the ear or a steroid, steroid injection into the inner ear. So it's gruesome. My consultant said, no, don't do that. And I decided I wasn't going to. And so the anti-vertigo drugs seemed like the best option. And it was great for a few years. But after a few years, I started to get a reaction to the medication. And I came off it and on it several times to see if it was the medication that was causing the reaction. And it was. So I had to come off it completely. Luckily, I had a really forward thinking specialist doctor in ears, nose and throat. And he had been saying to me for months, you really should try changing your lifestyle and your eating habits because this is going to really give you control of it. And he wanted me to cut out coffee and chocolate and salt and a host of other things. And also be very careful about my lifestyle, making sure that I was sleeping properly, reducing stress, certain places I couldn't go with flashing lights, that kind of thing. So I already had some idea of what I needed to do. And this was the best option to manage the disease with lifestyle and diet. And I embraced it wholeheartedly when I knew that the medication wasn't going to work. I had nothing else to do with it. Because otherwise, it would have been a life of dizziness, deafness and motion sickness and a lot of other horrible symptoms like brain fog. Luckily, this strict approach worked wonders. And it stood me in good stead when we finally moved full time to Norway because I had complete control of the disease. I didn't have to go to a doctor and I didn't have to get any medication. And I had no need to ask for medical help. It gave me this wonderful sense of control over my own body and my health and my destiny and a unique view and well-being that I've kept tight hold of since. So when in 2022 I was diagnosed with another chronic disease, I was a bit prepared. In fact, I was very prepared for the possibility of having to manage it myself. It, it just came to me naturally that it would be something that I would probably have to do one way or another, even if I was able to take medication. And the disease was autoimmune thyroiditis, otherwise known as Hashimoto's disease. And it's quite common, but it's one of those diseases that's invisible. You would never know really if somebody has it. It doesn't show. And it's usually only detected by blood tests. The body decides that the thyroid gland, which is that little butterfly shaped gland at the bottom of your base of your neck at the front, is a foreign body. And it decides to start to try to kill it off. And the symptoms can be pretty unpleasant. There's a lot of pain which I was quite surprised at, actually. You think that there wouldn't be, but there is. And brain fog, again, I'd already been managing that, so I had some idea that was an enemy I knew well. Weight gain, gut issues, and vitamin deficiencies. And it's also a disease that likes the company of other autoimmune diseases. But when my doctor told me that he would not be prescribing any medication for it, because my blood test showed that my thyroid levels were still within the acceptable range that the medical community had decided on, I knew I had to act myself. I tried really hard, actually, to convince him that I needed medication. And I had all these arguments for it because I thought that maybe that would be a good idea. And if I was, my thyroid wasn't functioning properly. But he couldn't give it to me because those were the guidelines that they had to follow. And I would only get it when my thyroid was pretty much dead. So this might seem harsh. But it's the general medical opinion throughout most of the world, I'm afraid to say. And certainly here in Europe, it would have been the same that I would have had if I'd been living in the UK. But acceptable range is not optimal. 
And acceptable health is not optimal, is it? We want to feel our best. So I wasn't going to take that. And I never want to sit back and allow circumstances to carry me along. I like to do as much as I can within my power to be the master of my own destiny. And that includes my health, or actually most probably my health in particular. It's the one thing that we can try our best to control, can't we? I mean, there are obviously certain circumstances where you can't because it's taken out of your hands completely, but there are still elements of your health that you can control. And for years, I've been embracing this Nordic lifestyle that I talk about all the time and some Nordic habits that included a very healthy diet and lifestyle. So it was really easy to look to that to get me through this. And the changes I needed to make were not quite as complicated as I had first thought when I had the diagnosis. But all of these things that I was doing without thinking much have now become really important in my life. And I know that they're things that we can all bring into our own lives to live more healthily and more mindfully the Nordic way. So do you want to know what they are? Yeah? Great, I'm going to tell you. The first one is eat healthily for as much of the week as you can. And it's fairly obvious, I'm sure, but it's tempting sometimes to forget it. And then a week passes, maybe two weeks, maybe even a month. And before we know it, our healthy eating habits have slipped away completely. I find that the best way to achieve a healthy diet is to fill the fridge and cupboards with all those things that I know I can eat. And I don't even buy the things that I can't. I don't buy biscuits, for example, cookies. I don't buy crisps because crisps are my temptation. I love crisps. That's chips if you're American. And I really thought I couldn't do without them. But they have two things. There's potatoes, which I can't eat anymore, but also salt, which was another thing I had to avoid with the Meniere's disease. So the best way for me is to avoid the aisle in the supermarket where the crisps are. I just don't go down there. So they don't come into the house. And if they're not in the house, it's not quite so easy to go out and get them, is it? So that's one of my ways of eating healthily through the week. But having said that, don't be afraid to treat yourself occasionally. And this really depends on what your diet will allow. If you're on a very strict diet because of your health, then maybe, you know, your treat has to be something different. It might be some cherries, for example, or some strawberries or a favourite meat or boiled eggs. Who knows? I don't know what it is. And I have a fairly restricted diet now with no gluten, no dairy, sugar, and there's a few other things I can't eat as well. But these, there are still some treats that I can and I do enjoy, and it feels justified to have them every now and again. But if you're not as restricted as me, you can treat yourself whenever you feel like it. But here in the Nordics, we like to do that towards the weekend or in the middle of the week on a Wednesday. But what we don't do is feel guilty about it. We never do that. And this is the crucial part. Forget about feeling guilty and know that you deserve that treat because you've done the first thing. You've been eating healthily all through the week as much as you can. So do not be afraid to treat yourself occasionally or once a week. Why not? We deserve that. The next thing that always stands me in good stead is getting outside and moving your body. And I'm always talking about this. I think I probably talk about this in every podcast, don't I? You can message me and tell me if I do. I'm sorry if I keep repeating myself, but it is really important. And it's the one thing that I fall back on constantly. Nature is this great medicine. It's incredible. And when I'm feeling down or getting some symptoms that I know, I know that getting outside 
will cure it. Or maybe not cure it, but at least make me feel better and raise that base level of happiness of mine if I'm starting to feel that it's very low. It also reminds me that there's something bigger than me out there. It's not all about me, even though sometimes we can feel like that, can't we? If we can't get out of bed, we feel like, oh my God, it's all about me. But it's not all about you. There's more out there. Get out there and remind yourself, even if you just stand on your doorstep, if you can't get any further, if you have a garden, you can go in your garden or sit outside for a moment or two and just take it in. But be somewhere where there's nature and try to get away from too much urbanisation and certainly traffic. It's noisy, isn't it? You want to hear the sound of nature. Do what you can. This is something that my partner, Andre, who's Norwegian, taught me from really early on. I'm not sure where or when he decided on it because I don't know. He just he didn't tell me. He just came out with it one day. But I do remember having one particularly bad episode of vertigo and feeling incredibly fed up. I felt like it was never going to get any better. And I remember saying to him, I can't do anything at all. All I can do is stagger from one room to the next. That's it. I, you know, couldn't drive. I couldn't go out. Certain places I couldn't go. It just felt terrible. And it was all for me felt like my life was just going to be wall walking and falling over and motion sickness and looking like I was drunk at eight o'clock in the morning. Because that's how you look when you have vertigo. You're all over the place. And he said, focus on what you can do and not on what you can't. And that simple statement's carried me through every bad moment that I've had with my health. What can I do? What can we do? We might not even be able to get out of bed that day because we feel that terrible. But we can still say a kind word to someone. We might not be able to cook dinner that day. But we can still listen to a friend talking or our children talking about something important. So focus on what you can do and not on what you can't. Some days the can is going to be really big stuff. You're going to get everything done. All the things. And other days the can is going to be really small. But you still can do something. Focus on that. Reduce stress wherever possible. We're always told about this, aren't we? It's been a thing that's fairly recent, I guess. That stress is something that does make us quite ill. If we keep at it, a little bit of stress, I think, is okay. But when you have it in your life every day, constantly, and it's really important. It has an effect on all kinds of things in our bodies. And it's worth keeping a close eye on how much stress we're getting. I've done some really stressful jobs myself. I was a chef in a busy restaurant, so I have to say, and I freelanced as well. So I moved from one restaurant to another. And I was an international event manager. And both of them had crippling deadlines. In fact, I think the event management job, the deadlines were worse. You know, sometimes it was literally just a few hours to organise an event for several hundred people overseas and who had to do everything. And I know what effect they can have on our mental and our physical health. We start to lean towards some fairly unhealthy habits, some fairly unhealthy lifestyle choices, just to get us through. And it might not be the stress itself that causes the problems, but those lifestyle choices that we make that go with it. So try and reduce stress if you can. And a good way to reduce stress, if you're not able to do too much of that when you're working life, is to live more simply and intentionally. And you can choose that. 
A great medication for me is my garden. But if you have a window box or even some plants inside, that's enough. I really like growing things that we can eat. I love that. I like to have them dotted around all over the place. At the moment, I've got artichokes growing in pots. I've only grew them this year, so we're not going to be able to eat them until next year. So I'm going to take them through the winter, bring them out again. But they look amazing. And I've had tomato plants in pots as well. Again, they look amazing. And tomatoes are a really colourful thing to have, aren't they? So it brightens up anywhere. But it's simple and rewarding and slow. The slow intentional part is the most important part, in my opinion. We're forced to stop and follow nature and the speed at which it moves. And sometimes nature's fast, isn't it? I could be really surprised by this. I'll leave my tomatoes for a day. I'll go outside and I have all these side shoots growing everywhere. I'm like, where did that even come from? I have to stop pulling them all out. And I was only out there the day before. Or a courgette, for example. Courgette growers will know exactly what I'm talking about here. There are no courgettes, are there? And then you go out the following day and there's this thing that is, you know, like some kind of torpedo. Where did that even come from? Did I miss that? Was it under a leaf? It just seems to have grown overnight. But then there are other things that seem to take forever, like my lettuces. You know, I really want them to grow and they seem to take weeks and weeks and weeks. It's like watching paint dry. But it's all at nature's pace. And it reminds us to slow down and be intentional with what we choose to do. Slow, intentional living can be whatever you choose it to be. It doesn't have to be gardening. But be sure that you're making choices and you're not being bowled along by life. Just stop and make those choices yourself. You can choose to slow down. You have that choice. So I hope that this slightly more unusual podcast has given you a little bit of inspiration to take a hold of your health yourself if you have to and think about the things that you can do and the choices that you can make and the ways in which you can have more control over your health yourself. And I will talk to you in the next podcast. See you then. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Living a Nordic Life newsletters so you can get an email when I release a new episode. It's a quick and easy way to keep up with all things Nordic living. Please visit livinganordiclife.com. You can listen to Living a Nordic Life on lots of podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and plenty of others. If you've enjoyed the Living a Nordic Life podcast, why not leave me a rating? So that's the end of Living a Nordic Life for today. And I look forward to seeing you next time.